0: Welcome to the Everyday Gospel Podcast, conversations with individuals who are living out their callings beyond the four walls of the church and discovering how to embody the gospel of Jesus in their everyday life. the Everyday Gospel Podcast. My name is Sarah Taylor, and we are so excited that you're here today to continue our discussion on women in ministry with us. I'm joined by Pam Millay. Pam, how are you today? I'm doing great. How about yourself? You know, I am all right, trying to stay well during all this quarantine stuff.
1: That's for sure.
0: Um, So why don't we just jump right in. Um, Tell me a little bit about yourself and like the work
1: you do. So, um, I have spent the last 10 years, um, actually uh, 10 years almost to the day, almost to the week of working uh, in the district office for two different conferences. The first one was for the Baltimore-Washington Conference way back in 2010. I started there. And um, six years ago, today was my last day there. And I moved to Jacksonville uh, and uh, I'm sorry, four years ago. Uh, and moved to Jacksonville and uh, started work in the, in the district here. And so it's been an amazing journey so far. Oh, that's kind of, I love how dates work out like that. Look at Yeah. That. Like, well, it, thank God for, for Facebook, because it reminds you <laughs> of when you left places. And <laughs> it was a memory. So I, yeah, I knew it was right about this time, but I wasn't quite sure, but Facebook got it right.
0: That's really, well, technology helping us all during this time. Right. So outside of, of your job, what do you
1: do? You know, what's your family like? How how's all that? So I am um I am dating someone. Uh I got divorced about two years ago and I have two children. They're in their twenties and don't live with me. Praising God for that during quarantine, because that might not be going well. <laughs> if it <they> were. <laughs> um and uh we uh I, I like to scrapbook uh that's one of my creative outlets that i like to do um we also ride motorcycles together we, we both have our own motorcycles and mm. um, usually on sunday mornings we like to gear up and and surprise one of the 64 churches that we have in the district at worship um on a normal sunday before quarantine um so that that's always fun and and sometimes we just ride to ride i have found that um I, I feel God a lot when I'm riding, and especially if, if I'm not riding my own motorcycle and I'm sitting on the back of, of Dave's bike, um, I, a lot of prayer and a lot of reflection during those times.
0: That's really neat. I, I wouldn't necessarily think of biking as like a spiritual practice,
1: but it sounds like it is for you. Yeah. And it also has allowed me to meet um, some amazing people um, in my journey from, I mean, from everywhere and anywhere. And, um, and the, the other thing that I like to do is I like to do karaoke. I know that if I didn't say that Derek would have put it in there somewhere. Um, <laughs> so doing karaoke also has, um, God has shoved just some wonderful people in my path during those moments, like all in all over the country. I've met people in San Antonio, I've met people in Maine, um, met people in Key West and in Marathon, Florida and, and Tampa and, and just all over the place. So it's really been kind of a fun journey.
0: Oh, that's really incredible. It's, it's always interesting to me how God uses what some people would probably consider like mundane passions, like to connect with people and like spread his love.
1: Well, and I I think it's, it's with anything, if you're not open to receiving the people that God is throwing in your way, then you won't receive them. You have to be open to it. You have to have that open spirit and the, the welcoming gift of grace. Um, and not everybody has that. I mean, I've had conversations with people in the, the parking lot of the Publix about their faith journey just because God put us there at the right time and we mm-hmm. related to each other and we were just kind and loving and gracious to each other.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of faith journeys uh, what's yours been like?
1: Um, it's been interesting. Um, I I remember going to church a little bit when I was a kid, kind of off and on, nothing, you know, did, did the, the normal stuff, you know, the communion and the, and the confirmation and all, and all that stuff. But, um, as an adult, it took until I had children and my daughter was probably in like fifth, um, five or six first kindergarten or first grade and her uh, girl scout brownie troop was um, having their meetings at a local church and something nudged me to go to church that Sunday and so I went by myself and and uh, I remember meeting the pastor and he asked my name and thought it was a nice worship and I went back the following week and he remembered my name And that was very profound for me. Um, He just had that gift and we started going as a family um, for about 10 years, which was nice. We were very active. I was youth leader at some point with my ex-husband and um, we were very active, you know, helping out the church. And then as the kids got older, like high school age, it kind of fell off. My, My ex didn't want to go to church with me anymore. And so I was kind of going by myself for a while as a church widow, uh, per se, and then um, about 10 years and some change ago, uh, I was working from home in in what some folks would think was a great environment for three and a half years, and I just wasn't happy Hmm. with the culture of the company and with how they treated everybody and really their bottom line. And I went to church that Sunday and prayed and asked God to find me a new place, just to to place me somewhere where I could do good work. And the next day, the job at the Baltimore conference opened up on their website. And within a week, I was interviewing. And by the end of that month, I was hired. Definitely a God thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's
0: it's just it's so amazing how god opens doors sometimes and
1: yeah that's
0: for sure so so can you tell me like what's then what i know you said you worked in that conference office and now you work in the northeast district conference like what is your position what do you do and like how how's all that
1: it's it's so hard to explain sometimes um and most administrative jobs are really hard for folks to understand what we do, because even though there's a job description, there's also that line that says "other duties as assigned," and that's where the <laughs> yes. majority of your work rolls into. Um, but for me, it's it's a, it's a ministry partnership with the superintendent, and and we work together to um, to walk alongside all of the churches in our district and any other ministries that we have as well, including campus ministry. Um, we, I am touted to be a professional nagger. I have to hold the churches accountable for certain things at certain times of the year, mm-hmm. um, but that I also have to do fun stuff uh, like uh, organizing events and, and and planning that sort of stuff. And it's a very communicative job. It's very relational. I believe that um, emails are my ministry, phone calls are my ministry, and um, the one thing that i've learned to do over the years is that when i when i have someone in my office or on the phone they're they're my um, main focus and i don't allow distraction so if someone's in my office and the phone rings i i let it go to voicemail because god has put this person in my office for a reason and i want to make sure that whatever god moment may happen i allow it to happen and the same thing with whoever's on the phone i don't put them on hold if if the other line rings, because I want them to allow, I want to allow them to to feel heard and not feel rushed, and and uh, and, and I believe, I truly believe in, in that. Um, there's so many other other things. Um, I lay servant ministry. I've actually taught classes. I, I have an admin brunch every year where I speak at I've spoken at local churches and I've even preached a few times over the years but don't tell anybody I said that <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I'll, I'll make sure to tell Ty to just get rid of that one. <laughs> Oh, that's that's so beautiful like just the way you talk about your job and like just your life even it's just so much like like, I feel, like, talking with Jesus is, like, when you're with, with God, which is, like, you're just, like, present, and, like, he's not, he's, like, fully present with you, you know? And it seems like you really, you strive to do that in, like, everything you do, and to be, like, fully present and, like, loving and, like, remember and care for people.
1: I'm, like, that's... It's hard to do sometimes, because you have days where you're not good, Mm -hmm. but then... Something weird will happen and you're having a rough day and God will put, a, put somebody to you over the phone who just says, I just called to tell you that I think you're awesome or I so appreciated this. And I was like, you're not calling for anything else but that. And I'm like, no, nope, that was it. God put it on my heart to reach out to you. And so that's just how that works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: It's really, really beautiful. Um, so in that kind of same thread, how do you see God at work in the work you do?
1: You know, it's, um, it's always at the forefront of everything that I do. And I have seen myself grow and change in a way that I never, Thought I could imagine. Um, When you work out in the regular world, people behave differently than Mm. how um, They are in the in the in the church world. And so but but not always. Mm -hmm. And so when you um, when you have those those Christians that make the wrong choices and, and they do the not so good things. That's really hard to witness. And, um, but I have found that my, my faith journey is so strong that, um, nothing surprises me, but it still hurts my heart. And so it's when I, it's when I ever get surprised, that's when I'm going to be in trouble. But, um, it, I just, it's just hard to explain. I remember my first month in Baltimore and we had an, a staff meeting at lunchtime. And during the staff meeting, the, um, some of the DSs, um, they prayed over people, and one of them came over and laid hands on me and prayed over me, and he didn't even know me. And I remember started, I was crying because mm-hmm. it was such a powerful thing, and I did not know that I did not feel loved like I, until that moment. And that helped to kind of change and transition me into the person that I become today. Mm. You know, I don't think about being nice to people. I just am, you know, I just want to, um, I want to strive to do all the things that God wants me to be. And some days it's really hard. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's hard to say no to people and, and 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 to turn people down, but sometimes it's necessary, but I just try to make the best decisions that I've, that i that I can and some of them have been been tough but God has still walked alongside me during those tough decisions and he's equipped me and I've become a better person because of that and mm-hmm. I think that when you truly love yourself and who you are like that's that's God with you
0: Thank you for joining us for today's episode of the everyday gospel podcast we hope you're enjoying it if you'd like to hear the students thoughts on this podcast consider joining us at patreon.com ccw and giving it at least the five dollar a month level on patreon we provide exclusive content for patrons including the student discussion portion of the everyday gospel podcast we hope you'll consider giving and thank you for listening Uh, how do you, when it's hard, what are some things you do to like remind yourself of how how and why you do those things? I
1: guess. You know, um, I try to pick a few people that I can share with because in my position I have to be careful because I know probably more than the average bear. <laughs> uh, I, I joke and say, I know where all the bodies are married, but um, <laughs> you know, I have to be very strategic, you know, in my thinking, you know, there, there are times when I've gotten off the phone with people and have cried, um, hmm. you know, I, 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 lots of prayer. I mean, I'll be the first person to tell you that I don't always go to church every Sunday, but because a lot of, I feel like a lot of what I do feels like church throughout the week. And I get a lot of God and Jesus and, and that's the soul nourishment that I that I would get out of church. And so sometimes I don't. But Mm -hmm. in those times when I definitely feel lost, that's when I do, you know, I will definitely go and and try to be fed because it, you know, my soul needs to be fed. Um, But it's hard sometimes because um, it's, I'm a two-person office so I don't have a lot of people to always share with and so um, I just I mean prayer is the best thing Um, you know I try to use my uh, you know other gifts you know just the distractions the riding the motorcycle is a fantastic thing It, it kind of frees me lets all this stuff go because you don't have time to really worry about that stuff when you're riding you just kind of feel free Um, and every once in a while, there's, uh, there's a glass of wine involved because Jesus made that too. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, That's,
0: yeah. That's good advice. Um, so do you ever, do you ever feel like your faith complicates your work or has, like, complicated kind of, I guess, your, like, with your, like, motorcycle, biking, riding, stuff, like, has that ever, has it ever complicated that?
1: Um, Um, My faith complicated my marriage, actually, Mm. and so um, I realized after 22 years that I did not like the person that I was with him, Mm. and that was affecting my faith, and so um, it was a tough decision, but, you know, I had wonderful people walking alongside me during that time, and so it was, as bad as I feel about making that decision, I, I do feel it was the right decision, definitely, for sure, and so, you know, sometimes, um, you know, like, when you're in situations, if, if your faith is being tested for good and for bad, and you have to figure out how to resolve that, and, and that was one of those situations where, you know, I did not like the person who I was with him and my faith was constantly being challenged. And, yeah. uh, and so, um, but for my, for my work, you know, it's, I feel that God has gifted me with um, an extra level of patience that I probably never had before with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and not everyone has those gifts, but I can tolerate just a lot of um, venting from folks, because sometimes they just want to be heard. And so (laughs) my my faith definitely allows me to walk alongside, you know, many, many people um, during those stressful times, because at the end of the day, you know, well, you know, we have this hierarchy in Methodism. um, And I'm, you know, closer to boots on the ground than Than the folks at the conference level, the people at the church level are definitely boots on the ground. They're definitely doing Mm -hmm. the work of Jesus, I think, way more than I can ever do.
0: So you talked about, like, different gifts you have, and I guess different gifts other people have, and, I mean, that obviously, it takes all those gifts to make up the whole body of Christ and to let the whole church function, and that's all wonderful and beautiful and great. Um, But I, I think that there's also like gift in the identities we bring to our work, and so for you as a woman, I was wondering how you think that's impacted your faith and your work in the church, both in and out of the church's walls.
1: That's a tough question because um, I've seen the way that churches deal with women mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah, and the terms "lady pastor" and "female pastor" and and um, and it's always a shock for people when they find out that I ride motorcycles because I don't look like a biker, and I don't know what bikers are. I guess bikers are supposed to have like beards and long hair and look like ZZ Top, <laughs> um, mm. and so um, there there definitely is somewhat of a stereotype, um, and and I think it. I've experienced it more in florida than in baltimore and i don't know why but um florida especially in in the rural parts of florida Mm -hmm. it's definitely been challenging for folks to um to hear me sometimes when i do trainings and i've I've had Mm -hmm. folks push back and i think um that um that doesn't always happen with men Mm. Um, and I do think it's a cultural thing too. I think, um, uh, you know, strong leadership in African-American churches are not like that. They, they're fine. But I think in our, in our, our Caucasian churches, there's definitely a little bit of a challenge when women are in leadership. Um, and so I, you know, it is, I just do. I just do my best. Um, I tend to not get involved in like really like difficult conversations, if that makes sense. Like I would try to make sure that I know who I am, and I know who God wants me to be. And when people try to to test that, I try to remove myself from those situations because um, it's not worth. It's like fighting over politics. Everyone has their own belief system, even over all of the, like the homosexuality right now in our, in our denomination. Um, I've gotten calls with people who want to argue and debate the Old Testament and the New Testament. And my response to that is no, thank you. Hmm. Because I'm not doing the work of Jesus if I'm having a debate with you about the Testaments. You know, that's going to distract me from the mission that God has given me. Mm.
0: Mm. Yeah. There's something to say for knowing what God's asked you to do and not picking up things along the way that aren't for you.
1: That's... Right. And that there's some like staying in your lane. You know, there are some decisions that aren't mine. There uh, there are stories that aren't mine to share. And so I do try to stay in my lane. Keeps out of trouble. (laughs) That's for sure.
0: (laughs) I guess two, two young people coming up in the church, but I guess specifically young women, um, what would you, what advice would you give to them? What would you say to them? Like about how to live out their call and like, listen to God.
1: I would, I think I would say that just be mindful that your call is going to change as you grow and as you mature. Um, Mm -hmm. There was this saying when I used to watch the Oprah Winfrey show when I was in my 30s, my early 30s, and um, she would say, and ladies, it doesn't even get good until you hit 40. Like you don't even know who you are until you've hit 40 and every time i heard her say that i thought she is crazy like i have n- that doesn't make any sense well the year i hit 40 i was working for jesus and my whole <laughs> life changed and i knew who i was and so sometimes your your journey takes a lot longer you know it's not going to be instantaneous sometimes it's you're not even going to like go through all of the seasons of your life where God is walking alongside you and just do your best and know that he will, you know, plant you where you need to be planted. Cause I never thought that I would be working for Jesus in Baltimore. And then I never thought that I would be working for him again in Florida. Hmm. Cause I, you, you can't plan that stuff. That that's God, you know, and, and I never thought 20 Some years ago that I would, my whole field would be in administration. I went to college for mass communications. That's what I thought I was going to do. Well, guess what? I'm a mass communicator for Jesus. And so I am (laughs) using everything that I learned. It's just, God is using it in a different way. And so don't get stuck on titles. Don't get stuck in, you know, boxes and, um, and just, just take i mean sometimes you just have to take a leap of faith if it doesn't feel right then it's not right like use your gut and just allow god to lead you but sometimes it does you don't always hear you're not always open to seeing the things that god wants you to see and um i had this uh this blessed experience when i first went to baltimore i was in a meeting um, with all other, all the other clergy that were transitioning. So that's mm-hmm. about this season right now where we're transitioning clergy. And um, someone asked me, cause I was new and they didn't know who I was. They're like, are you a pastor? And I was like, no. And, uh, and I heard something in my head go, you could be. And I turned around and I was like, where was that from? <laughs> and I have spent the last, probably, you know, I, I probably spent the first four years of my ministry in Maryland. Really discerning if that w- was God was God calling me to do that, and mm-hmm. what I've discerned is that God has me right where He wants me to be, and that while I might might have been a great pastor, I'm really good at this too. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's exciting because I still wake up every morning and and love what I do.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's. Gosh, that's that's so beautiful. Like just not limiting yourself and instead listening to God and like yep. leaning into God. Oh, that's and that people are called to do things outside of be a pastor and like to work in the church, but not be order. That's gosh, that's also beautiful.
1: Thank you <laughs> so much for sharing well, people get all stuck of on that. titles. And the biggest thing, I mean, there there's progression in every field and Mm -hmm. so I started off as a receptionist and then I became a secretary and then I became an admin assistant and then I became an executive assistant and then you just keep going up and up and up and you know you just at some point I just stopped focusing on the title and I I will correct people when they call me a secretary because I believe that there are wonderful people who who perform secretarial um, duties and that's what they are, but that's not what I do. I do something very different than that. And I have a lot of responsibility and but that's why there are, you know, hurdles and, 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 and rungs on the ladder. And they have that in pastoral leadership as well. You know, there's, there's associate pastors and there's candidates mm-hmm. in ministry and then local pastors and then elders and then associate pastors and senior pastors and superintendents and bishops. And, and so, um, everyone just has to understand you know how, how that all works and and, and the, the title's not all that important but I also think that um, because I deal with the outside world so often that if my title were secretary they would treat me different if that mm-hmm. makes sense
0: mm-hmm.
1: they would think that oh she, she's, she's not allowed to make decisions and she has no authority and that's mm-hmm. not true
0: is a podcast presented by Studio Wesley, the online ministry of Campus to City Wesley Foundation. Special thanks to all our partners, donors, and supporting churches. You can support Campus to City by heading to campustocity.org slash support or by following us on Patreon.